BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. Hey, Corey. What's happening? Welcome to BizQuick. Thank you. You know what? What's that? We've got a marketing consultant on the show today, Caleb Roach. He is out of Edmond, Oklahoma, and he is joining. I feel like I just said the city wrong, though. Edmond? Is it Edmond or Enid? No, he's from Enid, but he lives in Edmond. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, see? So I got it. I was correct, but also incorrect. Um, anyway, he has a consulting company, C. Roach Consulting. I'm guessing that stands for Caleb Roach. Can't and get anything past you. <laughs> <laughs> I am sharp. Um, before we bring him on, though, um, we're just going to talk a little bit about marketing, data analytics, and really just kind of how how we track things and um, that ever elusive, like, how do you make videos go viral? That type of stuff. Yeah, I, it, Caleb's got a pretty impressive background when it comes to his education. He graduated fairly quickly from college and um, got his master's and all that stuff. And he's big into data analytics, so that's why I booked him, because he likes numbers. So um, that's hopefully one thing that we'll talk about with him today on the show. But um, viral videos, I don't think you can make things go viral. That's exactly what I said. Um, but data analytics, so you booked this podcast for you. Well, it's for our listeners, obviously. Sure, but you're going to nerd out. We'll see. We'll see where we'll see where this goes. But well, I like data. I like data too. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's one of the things that we need to use more of in general and life and in business. And we need to understand the numbers because without getting into politics or anything of that nature, but the the same it holds true for business is people like to use numbers to their advantage, but like when it comes to arguments or making decisions or whatever it is, but a lot of times people don't understand what the numbers mean. So you can say nine out of 10 dentists recommend trident chewing gum. Sure. But you know, what does that mean? That doesn't really mean anything at all because they could pay nine dentists to recommend, like say, Hey, can you recommend chewing gum? And these nine dentists say yes. And then they ask the next dentist what his favorite chewing gum is. And he probably says, you shouldn't chew gum. Now nine out of 10 dentists recommend Trident chewing gum. So it's, it sounds good on the surface, but underneath it's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. I still, you know, I, I always think that, you know, even though, you know, people always say like, you know, are you here? Numbers don't lie. You can make numbers say anything you want them to. Sure. They're not lying, though. Well, <laughs> that is, yes, yes, but still. And, and, like, again, when it comes to, because you can look at, like, look at your business numbers. And right. And you can say, oh, well, we've got, a, you like, anything. People, like, I've got, uh, you know, thousands of people who who 
um, interact with me daily online or, or whatever it is. And you're like, oh, that sounds great. But then you dive into it. It's like, how are they interacting? Are they actually sure. interacting? Is it, are you getting a like? Are you getting a comment? Are they just somehow you're able to look at page views or something on whatever it is that you, yeah, you, know, you because, I mean, you see the impressions or like you've had your page reached, you know, 74,000 people this week or whatever. Sure. So you see those, you don't, uh, if I, that's meaningless though. Cause reached them or did they engage with it, do anything with it? It's, it's, it's kind of meaningless data. The data that I love though, that people use, and this isn't so much on the marketing side, though I want to get back to the marketing side is when people say, you know, they use revenue as a number. Like, you know, we have a million dollars in revenue. Well, that doesn't mean shit if you have, you know, $2 million in expenses, right? Sure. And that's one of the things that, that when you get into finance and all of that, when you're like, you have to look at ratios. Yeah. Because, you know, you can say, oh, I've got a million dollars in revenue and I my cost of goods sold are 35%. And you're like, oh, that's 65% gross margin that sounds pretty good until you find out the industry average industry average is 25% cogs yeah and you're like oh you're way above where you should be way above where you should be right like you can't you can take numbers at face value only so far but then you have to dive into the numbers and what's making up those numbers yeah why those numbers are the way they are and I think marketing is is especially hard because it's hard to track like exactly your where you spend your marketing dollars and time and like the actual return on that investment. Uh, and on top of that, the, the, um, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. So I'm just going to stop right there. <laughs> what do you think, Julie? <laughs> um, I don't know where you were going either. I do think that, um, when it comes to marketing, right, it's, you know, your the cost per click or, you know, number of impressions. There's so many data points to look at in marketing. And I also think that marketing has rapidly found its way to being one of the more and and not I mean, we know some great marketers. We do. We know some great people that are great at marketing and I would not put them in this category. But marketing has rapidly found itself as being Remember when being a salesperson used to be the sleazy job? Mm-hmm. Being a marketing person is now the sleazy job. Yeah, I can see that for yeah, sure. Because there's just so many, you know, hacks and scams and all that stuff that are happening. And it's like, that's such, you know, crap. Like I can teach, I, you know, I'll show you my, my, um, you know, new and improved or amazing way to get, you know, Facebook leads without, you know, spending a dime. And it's like, you're so full of crap, right? Like they're just... It's honestly, it all comes down to do the work and being consistent and just like understanding the data that you are tracking without trying to manipulate it. Or even if you are manipulating it, then manipulate it the same way week over week over week. Right. Well, and it's not really manipulate it. It's track and and uh, analyze the same way. So like yeah. with our podcast, for example, we know that the way that we track our numbers is incorrect in the sense that our our total numbers, our total number of listens, downloads, all of that, like podcast numbers are really hard to, to track to begin with, but it's, they are, like we don't have an accurate number. So if somebody asked us how many downloads, we would be guessing. We would be making yeah. up a number, but we can look at trends and we know when podcasts are more popular than other podcasts or, you know, when we're getting traction like we have been in terms of like the number of listeners because it's going up 
and you know we can say that it's going in the right direction and that's good and for our purposes that's all we really need because you know we're our podcast isn't our main line of work so this is all we want to make know is that we are increasing our number of listeners and we're happy with that yeah agreed agreed so so even if we know that we're we don't have the full extent of the data the fact that we're looking at the same data week over week over week is what's important. Correct. And I guess when it comes to marketing, there's so many different things you can look at that really that same thing is you want to be looking at the same things week over week over week, even if it's just the vanity number of how many followers you have. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, we should, um, let's take a break and uh, then we'll bring in Caleb. Hey, everyone. We wanted to take a quick break to tell you all about our friends over at Podmatch. It's like a dating app, but for podcasts. This is a service we use to connect with potential guests for our show, and we connect with other hosts to be a guest on theirs. If you're an aspiring podcaster, have a podcast, or have something you want to share, head on over to podmatch.com slash sign up slash bizquick, or click on the link in the show notes to get started. All right, welcome back, and we've got Caleb with us. Hey, Caleb, thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for the invite. Appreciate it. Oh, you are so welcome. We are excited to talk about marketing and the analytics behind it and maybe even how it has suddenly developed a slightly less than good reputation. Yeah, definitely. And and right before we started this, we were talking with you about that and how marketing has a it's the you're the used car salesman of the business world. It was sales and now it's marketing. Now it's marketing and yeah. I don't know, do you know how that happened? How the transition happened to be at marketing being sleazy now? I really think it was YouTube and the internet. Um, as you guys probably saw, you know, you have the Ty Lopez, you have all the people that are in front of the Ferraris saying, I built this, this is how I built my course. And I don't know what the shift was from sales to marketing, but it seems like sales has turned into marketing. And so marketing agencies are actually selling pretty aggressively. And like we talked about, people are watching YouTube videos on how to do marketing and then turning around and selling the services the next day because they're so-called marketing experts. So I don't know if it's just the internet allowed for all these people to, you know, become marketing experts or what, but it's definitely become the new car salesman. It's almost like that uh, that joke that people say about being like a, a high school teacher is you just have to be one chapter ahead of, of everybody else. <laughs> um, but in marketing, I, like I think that's somewhat true, and I think well, not really, but but knowing just a little bit more than everybody else makes you sound like an expert. And I think that so many businesses are so desperate for that silver bullet. They want, they want that quick fix. I need to figure out how to increase my sales by 10% next month that they're willing to buy whatever snake oil is out there. Oh, 100%. You know what else? I think a big part of why it's so easy to pull one over and I'd be really, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this, Caleb. Um, their marketing has gotten so complex with all of the different platforms and you know there's things change so quickly that it's it's really hard for most people who are not marketing experts to even keep up so to have somebody else come in and, and try and sell them this solution when they're like yes okay I'm, i will pay a thousand dollars a month for you to show me how to do marketing not realizing that the only thing you know about marketing you just learned from ty lopez standing in front of his ferrari on youtube yeah. Well, I think there's two things to that. You know, there's there's the one piece that um, as marketing has progressed, as new softwares have come out, I mean, I've even seen it within my own agency is keeping up with the software and the new services that come out and the new forms of technology that you can really reach people with. It's kind of like a, um, 
I don't know how to, I, I don't know an analogy, but it's become distracting for business owners. And so a lot of them are spending tons of time even just figuring out, do I do MailChimp? Do I, there's, there's hundreds of email campaigns or platforms out there now that it used to just be, oh, go on Constant Contact or MailChimp. And those were the two platforms. Now there's a thousand or a couple hundred. Mm-hmm. And so, so many people are getting distracted with how many different things there are. And it's like chasing the, the shiny bullet. So it's like, well, I want to do email marketing, but then there's this new engagement platform that I can do SurveyMonkey and I can engage, I can put SurveyMonkey with MailChimp. And so now there's like six platforms that I've just put together that sounds kind of cool, but how am I actually implementing it? And that's where a lot of people kind of know how to program systems. But in all reality, if we're all programming systems and there's this one step formula to, to how to do marketing, we should all be millionaires now. Um, because if there's one step sales funnel or, you know, do this exact thing and you'll make millions of dollars, we've shown it's not true. And so there's so much software out there that we don't know what to do or business owners don't know what to do. And that's where it's hard because if, if I can talk a little bit and know what I'm talking about, I look a lot more educated to a business owner than themselves. And so that's where, like you talked about, it's just, it's so hard kind of vetting who you're working with. And with all of the different technology out there, a lot of them offer their own solutions as well. So if you have Shopify or Kajabi or Squarespace or whatever it is, they have marketing tools built into them. Like, hey, this is your one-stop shop. You can send your emails from here. You can get your analytics from here and you can do all of that. But there's a, like they're built to do certain things and marketing isn't their their you know expertise. So while Shopify might have all of your customer customer information, Shopify isn't great for marketing campaigns. Um, and that's and I think a pitfall that a lot of people get stuck in is that they try they they put effort into marketing, but there there's a certain level that needs to be like you need to work a certain amount in order to see a return. Otherwise, it's just not even worth the marketing in general. Well, and, you know, back to the point of there's a lot of fake people out there. There's a lot of, you know, companies pushing out these false guarantees of, you know, we can get you X amount of leads for 500 bucks, which, in my opinion, a marketing agency, they should be held to benchmarks. They should be held to standards. But every consumer is so different that we can't predict what people are going to do. And so we might have a good month and a bad month. But at the end of the day, these people are coming in and they're guaranteeing these results but at the same time, marketing is the only, I guess, industry, let's say, if you go to a financial advisor, you don't show up to them and say, I've got a hundred bucks. I want to turn this into a thousand bucks next month or in a year. Or, you know, you go to any industry and you ask them for more than a, let's say a 10% return on investment. It's either probably a pyramid scheme or some sort of like Ponzi scheme that you're making more than that. And so there's a lot of like, I guess, reconditioning from these fake influencers and say fake marketers of coming in and saying, where are you putting dollars? And let's look at actually the brand exposure, the brand awareness over just the the dollar amount that you've realized because it's more than just dollars. I want to dig into the little bit about the, um, the, you know, the fake, oh, I, just, I like to call them gurus, right? Yep. Um, and <laughs> so what are some questions that are some things that are you either questions or, or sort of clues that you could give our listeners that they could look out for so they would know if they're dealing with an expert or somebody who's just one chapter ahead of them? The number one thing I tell people to ask is their churn rate. So look at how many clients have come in the past six to 12 months and how many have left and how many they've retained. Um, obviously, every marketing company, including us, makes a lot of mistakes communication wise. I mean, there's a lot of different things that go through. 
but a majority of marketing agencies or consultants that are actually doing the right things are going to retain their customers for at least six to 12 months, if not longer. Um, while these fake gurus, they're going to bring people in, burn them pretty quick, like let's say the first three to six months, and then push them out. And so they just run on this model of we acquire new leads, we get people in, we take as much money as possible and get them out once they're unhappy. And so you can kind of, that first question is ask, how many referrals do you get? Or how long have customers, clients been with you over the past 12 months? How, how many have you been able to retain? And then the other piece is ask them about their experiences within marketing. What campaigns have they been running? Um, you know, what clients have they been working with? Oh, you can kind of tell when people are bullshitting you because you can kind of listen to them and they just go back and forth and back and forth about the same thing. While an established marketing agency is going to come and say, hey, we did this campaign, we worked with so-and-so, and this is how we achieved X. Um, and so you can you can kind of identify with just two questions, how many people have left within the past 12 months pretty quickly, and what are their results? What have they done? What have, who have they worked with? Because if I've just worked with Joe Smo down the street and that's it, I probably haven't done much. But if I have this extensive client list that, hey, you can call people you know, here's, here's a client list that you can call that they've been happy. Don't tell them I'm, that's what we've kind of tried to establish in our agency is any new prospect that comes to us, we tell them we can give you, you can look up any of our clients, give them a call. Don't tell them that we're calling. Don't tell us that you're calling them and ask them how their experience has been with us. Because if their experience has been great, you're going to have a lot more trust with us instead of just going off of what I say about that client experience. And I want to touch on one thing, or, or let's change subjects, I guess, or, or direction here is the, uh, you're talking about when you're providing the the proof that you're doing what, what it is that you're doing. You say, and we delivered X. Marketing is one of those things that's really hard to measure the actual return on investment. So you've got the, the if you run a campaign and you can look at the number of click throughs and the number of uh, conversions and all of that. But in general, like if I'm going to put an ad out there somewhere, if I'm going to do whatever it is, it's hard to really determine what you can attribute to that one marketing campaign. So how, how do you go about tracking that? Because I'm big into tracking and numbers and all that fun stuff. Yeah. The tracking side of it. And then like we've talked about with how many softwares are out there, there's so much, so many new engagement platforms that you can, you can track pre-purchase, post-purchase, and during the purchase. And so one of the big things that we push really hard on is when we're looking at results, let's let's look at obviously the bottom line, the dollar, how much we've made, how much we've spent, and let's analyze it based on that. But then also let's look at what things can we pull out of this on like a customer engagement side, and then what can we pull out of it from learning for future campaigns? And so what are our click-through rate? What, what are all the big numbers that we like to attribute? Let's send benchmarks. Um, we have a couple clients that run Google Ads. We send benchmarks every month based on last month's data to see how we're performing. And then we look at averages. Well, then instead of that, let's look at, you know, out of the customers we've acquired or out of the purchases that we've made, what can we do after they've purchased? Let's, let's just put this in a purchasing standpoint, like e-commerce wise. What can we do to keep them around after they've purchased so that we keep the acquisition cost down? Because you might have a higher acquisition cost immediately, but then putting in systems in place after that to help with the with the post-purchase acquisition to keep them in. And so there's the, the piece of the actual numbers, and then there's a piece of how, how, how satisfied are people, how many reviews are we getting, what are we doing to re-engage the, peop- like the network of the people that we've acquired. Um, so I don't know, if, did I fully answer your question with that? I mean, yeah, yes, you did. Because it's it's one of those things you just, 
you're casting a wide net in terms of the data that you need to to prove because you can't just say this one thing. This like you spent a dollar and you made ten. Like it, it's got to be and and there's some. Um, I, I'm not not um, not translation manipulation. I don't know somewhere in there one of those words a com- combination of those two words. But like you have to you have to you have to look into the numbers because it's not it's not as like obvious as let's say you know I guess like with Google Ads you can see what the return is on that. I spent five hundred dollars last month and I got this many thousands of clicks or whatever it is. When it's one of those things, especially with Google Ads, where it's hard as an agency to kind of understand. Where, where does it get to the point where you're manipulating data, as you've mentioned, and where does it get to where you're giving them actually insightful reporting? And so, for example, a client might have, let's say, for instance, a 25% click-through rate, which is unheard of on Google Ads. But what we might be doing is we might be bidding for keywords for that exact business name. And so all we're doing is basically manipulating the data by saying anyone that types in C-Roach Consulting is going to C-Roach Consulting's ad because it's above there. We're basically manipulating the data by saying, Hey, we've done so well, but it's really not helpful for them because they're spending money on things that they actually on keywords that they actually shouldn't. And so there's that that balance between here's the data, here's the benchmarks, here's how we're performing, and we're just doing so well and kind of manipulating the data. And so there's that balance between the two. That's so interesting because I um almost never like if I'm searching for something specific, right? And an ad comes up for it. So the ad, the paid ad will come up first, right? And then, so on your case, C-Rush Consulting paid ad would come up, then your website. I would never click on the ad. I always go down to the um, actual website directly because my theory is, and tell me how off I am here, tell me how off my thinking is, um, unless I hate the company. If I hate the company, I'll click on the paid ad because I'm going to make them pay for me to get to their site. But if, but if I like the company or I don't know that much about the company, I'm going to save them some money and I'm going to go directly to their website. And I, I think that's the case for some people. I mean, I don't have the data to back up how many people actually do that um, because in the marketing world, I'm cognizant of that. So if it's like someone that I want to spend money, I'll do the same thing as you and click on their ad and say, oops, I clicked on it. Let me scroll through the page. Yeah. Um, but. I think as as business owners that have probably had experiences in Google, I'm sure you guys have had some experiences with Google ads. You're probably a lot more cognizant of of that type of thing where you're clicking. But you'd be surprised at the amount, the amount of Google ad campaigns that we've run for clients. And they'll get calls for people that, you know, I had a roofing company that we, we helped out with. And they'd get calls for competitors. These people would call them and say, is this X roofing? And it wasn't X roofing, it was Y roofing. And they would start yelling at X roofing and say, you did this. And he's like, this is not X roofing. This is Y roofing. And the amount of people that didn't know that it was his ad versus their, like the actual roofing company's ad. So I think there's, there's a lot of people that are really smart when it comes to that type of thing. And then there's a lot of people that think as soon as I type in X roofing or CRX consulting, the first thing that pops up is that business. Um, I think, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, you're good. No, it just it's very interesting because we've we've seen that through campaigns that we've run for clients is we'll do competitor ad or comp- competitor placements through keywords and the amount of calls that they get with people thinking it's the competitor not them is just mind-boggling. So I think there's a there's a mixture of both. You have the people that are really smart about it and know, but then you have the people that don't know a single thing about it. Yeah, I'm losing faith in humanity overall. Same here. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. I mean, because it takes like two seconds to read. That's just people not reading at all and not wanting to 
you know, take the time and uh, it just further proves that we're, we're, we are rapidly participating in the dumbing down of America. Yeah. Cause I mean, well, it, it takes, it takes zero time to look at the actual hyperlink that you're clicking on. Where is this <laughs> taking me? But yeah. Well, and I, I mean, you gotta, you gotta admit though, there's, there's a lot of consumers out there that, I mean, I don't know the, the updated number, but I've seen numbers that every, every person that's on social media on Google is going to see, you know, a thousand ads per day. Um, and obviously it's not a lot when you think about the time that they, you know, consume on those platforms, but consumers are seeing a lot of different ads. They're seeing a lot of different things. And so partially what I think is just, they're exhausted from seeing all these ads that, they don't really care. You know, if they, if they click on it and it's not the right place, they can go find someone else or they can go do it again or find the actual website. So I think people are just tired of seeing all these ads and get a little bit lazy. Like you said, we see a thousand ads a day that I, I don't know the exact number. Um, I'll have to look it up after this podcast, let you guys know, but I had heard something along the lines of a thousand. This is where we need like an intern that is on the podcast with us at the same time. and can just be looking up. Fact the checking, data. Yeah. We need a fact checker for the po- yeah. biz quick can we podcast. Get a fact checker? Yeah. Well, it'd be nice if we had an actual producer as well. And maybe <laughs> <He> a said, <laughs> studio. <laughs> all the things we, we need, gonna, all the things, a lot of things. Caleb, help us with that. <laughs> hey, so don't, don't fact check me on this, but just a simple Google search. I'm seeing between 4,000 and 10, thousand advertisements per day that Americans are exposed to. Yeah. That does not seem like enough time in the day to get exposed to that many ads. You don't know how much time people spend on social media. It's stupid. Yeah, I don't have social media, so I don't know how it works, but... uh, (laughs) Yeah, I also don't have Google, so I don't know how that stuff works. Right, I don't use Google, yeah. Fair. My name might not even be Corey. You don't even know. (laughs) Yeah. You don't know what's happening. Can we fact check your name? (laughs) You don't know what's happening, Caleb. (laughs) Yeah, but if I'm you in, do if you if you do search him, you're going to see that he was married to his mom at one point because that's what comes up. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Ooh, but. Kind of awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have something to go to. Sorry, guys, I got to go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's been great having you, yes. Caleb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could not publish this episode, that'd be great. <laughs> Got some PR to hold up. Yeah, exactly. So, um, can you um, talk? Tell us a little bit about exactly. So, how what some of the services or things that you do for clients, right? So, you have an agency. Yep. So yep. we we brand as a marketing consulting firm, and so okay. we we're your typical digital agency, um, but trying to stay away from kind of the slimy because that's that's the the term that a lot of slimy marketing companies not I'm going to say some not all sure. um, typically coin as a digital marketing agency, and so we've kind of. Obviously, that we we do the services within what a digital marketing agency would do, but we're branded as a marketing consulting firm. And so most of what we do, like the bread and butter of what we do is the marketing strategy side. Um, and so when business owners come to us, you know, there's it's very easy for marketing agencies to come and say, you need social media, you need a new website, and you need to run ads. Um, for about 90% of the, the businesses that would talk to that marketing agency, would probably benefit from all of those services, but we've got to think about budget. We've got to think about where their where their content is being placed and how effective it is for the amount that they're spending. And so, you know, I could come in as an agency and tell you guys, you need a TikTok, you need LinkedIn, you need Instagram and Facebook, and that's going to run you $10,000 a month. Not that that's what it's going to run you, but a lot of companies are coming in and just saying, you need all this, go all out. And so our biggest piece of what we do is we come in and we look at the business, what they're currently doing, we call it like a 360 audit. It's not pen that, but that's how I view it. We look at where you're spending your money, what your budget currently is, and what your objectives are, and how effective you've been able to accomplish that. 
And then we kind of build a plan around that. And so maybe a company doesn't need a social media right away because their budget limits them. We get them in a website and more intentional leads through, let's say, Google ads where people are searching for us type of service. And then we we build into the plan that as soon as we start drumming up some some business, as you start growing as a business, let's get you on social media. But a lot of businesses are working on such a tight budget that for us, we want to provide really good quality content. And so we don't want to sacrifice content by kind of shoving them into a cheap budget approach. And so we kind of do the typical social media marketing, website design, ads, tracking, reporting. But a majority of what our clients want is they want us to come together with them and give them a plan of action, what they can do with marketing. And then we also help with the actual implementation of that plan. Awesome. And that is a great segue into how can people get in touch with you? Cause we got to start wrapping this show up. Yeah. So the best way is on our website, um, crochconsulting.com. I believe you guys have it, uh, spelled out in the, sh- in the show notes. We do um, indeed. It's, <laughs> it's pronounced like the bug, but not spelled like the bug just for anyone else wondering. Um, so you can go on our website. We have a spot where you can actually schedule a free consultation. Um, we allow, we, we offer to business owners that we want to serve and not sell. And so any business owner can go on there, schedule a 30 minute consultation with us, give us kind of a, an overview of what you're doing for marketing. We'll provide actionable insights for you on what to do and how to do that without any, without selling, um, unless that's something that you would like to learn about our services. And so 30 minutes, talk with us, learn about maybe some ideas from us, get some free, free input. And then we can talk about if they're interested in learning more, we can talk after that call. Awesome. Is there anything that we can do for you before we wrap? No. How about you guys? Anything I can do for you? No, just help promote the show. Just help promote the the show. Yeah, that's it. And I do have to tell you before we, we jump into our outro, I really, on your website, I loved the counters that you have on there that show like the clients, the um, revenue, like all that stuff. I was like, that is really cool. I like it. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's been something like, you know, I built this business. I've been in business officially for three years, almost four now. Um, and something that I've always struggled with is people viewing me as young. What results can you have? And so we've been really blessed with what we've been able to accomplish. Like, do you guys know college football? Um, oh, yes. the, the OU, Oklahoma football coach, Bob Stoops, oh, former yes. like 20 years. So he's a client of ours. Oh, and so nice. I'll go grab lunch with him. I've got a self. I mean, and then we also have a Shark Tank company who's Mark Cuban owned. Um, and so we work with them. And so we've kind of got these big companies. We've got a lot more too that not included in that. And we've been blessed to where we have these results where we've gotten these great case studies. And so we're just trying to show them without being sleazy, you know, like actual data that we're not manipulating. Yeah, that's well, nice. We should be able to expect some big numbers from this podcast and be as sleazy as you want. I mean, what can goes- I say? Yeah, I, for you guys, I'm going to get you a million views. Um, <laughs> let's do an ad with a Ferrari. Can we fly? Let me fly. I think I've got my jet for yeah. the next hour if I could come out there. So, um, Fantastic. You know. Yes, <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Caleb, and thank you to our listeners. And like Caleb said, everything that you need to know will be in the show notes. Yep, and if you want to work with us, you can you can reach out to us at sbpace.com. You can also find out everything you need to know about us on sbpace.com. Also, um, we're all over uh, the social media. Like, we are on it because we are cool. We're on LinkedIn, although that's not where the cool people hang out. 
Twitter, which we're quitting Twitter, we've decided. <laughs> we are on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and y'all, we have a TikTok account now. And I use y'all just for Caleb because he's from Oklahoma. Appreciate that. Yes. You can, uh, uh, while you're out there, make sure to download and rate our podcast, like us and give us a review. And if you have any topics that you want us to cover, or if you want to be a guest, head on over to our website and reach out to us. Yeah. Did you guys know we have a book? It's called Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. We're thinking about retitling that and adding more words in there. It has a digital download workbook. It's a number one bestseller on Amazon. That's right, guys. Number one bestseller. And if you've already bought it, go back to Amazon and rate and review it so that it can be a triple number one bestseller. Is that a thing? No. Okay. That's it for today's show. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America.